Welcome to episode 22 of Off the Post Boston Sports. This is Brandon with my partner Carter. Carter, I'd ask you how you're feeling, but I think this is actually going to be a very positive podcast based off of some results from yesterday. I'm feeling pretty good. We got uh, we got two big wins yesterday, both Whoa. both under the. What I I know the first one was the Patriots. I'm not really sure of the second win that you're talking about. Oh, we could be talking about the New England Revolution heading to the Eastern Conference Finals, but that's just off the top of my head. Oh, I didn't even recall that happened. What a win yesterday! I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you take the reins on this one because you are the soccer guru. I saw the final score. I saw the save that you talked about. I saw it, and it was amazing. So what are they doing? They're not supposed to be here. How is this happening? I wrote an article when the playoffs were about to start. And in my article, I talked about the Revs' three designated players needing to play at their very best. Adam Buxa, Gustavo Bo, and Carlos Hill. The three big money players in the revolution needed to click. And I guess they read my article because they, they've, they've been doing it. All three have scored incredibly pivotal goals throughout the postseason so far. The Revs are playing the best they have all season, which is when it counts. And um, it's going to be, it's going to be a big test in the Eastern conference finals coming up against a very strong, very fast, very offensively aggressive Columbus crew in the Eastern Conference Finals. But that's what we said about going up against the Philadelphia Union, the Supporters' Shield best regular season team in Major League Soccer, and they completely shut them down. So expectations are high. And if they make it, you know, another fun fact about their win last night, it was on the six-year anniversary of the New England Revolution winning the Eastern Conference. Wow. Back in 2014. So, well, there's a fun fact of the day. I'm going to go ahead and give it that. Um, I do want to say the New England Revolution's Instagram went straight savage last night by posting the night night and turning the light out. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that. That was, uh, oh, I saw it. That was impressive. that. That was impressive. But no, it's, uh, I'm glad to see it. You know, I'm not a soccer guy. But I have been watching it. I've gotten more into it. I'm going into these games, watching them, expecting to see a below par, I want to say, revolution just based off of everything that you do read compared to the opponents they're playing. And I feel that they're playing the true underdog role right now. And they're going to be and, playing the underdog role th- through the, throughout the rest of these playoffs, depending they make it to um, the MLS Cup uh, championship game because they're the lowest-seeded team in – in Major League Soccer right now, that's still in this postseason. Nashville was making like was making a push in their in their debut season, their expansion year season, um, to make history and make it to make it to a conference final. No matter who the Revolution play, they'll be they'll be they'll be on the road. So, how do you feel about the matchup coming up? And what time is it? When is it? All, all of that for our listeners. I believe is at three p.m. Uh, on Sunday. Um, I will look it up later and, and post on Instagram if I'm incorrect, but I, from what I've under, from what I understand, it's 3 PM on Sunday against the Columbus crew in Columbus, Ohio. And, um, you know, it took, it took Columbus into extra time to get 
two past a very tired Nashville team, a Nashville, a Nashville squad that had already played their previous game had gone into extra time. Um, so Nashville's legs were already a little heavy and you got, you know, it's their first year as an, as, a, as an expansion team. So, you know, there's, it's not like, it's not like those guys on, on that, on that Nashville squad hadn't played in a postseason game before, but as a squad, it's your first season. It's your first time facing real adversity. And, and I think that's where, that's where a very veteran, very fast, very creative Columbus team got the best of them, but we'll see because they're both, both Columbus and, and the revolution will be getting a full week's rest. But uh, this is Bruce Arena's time to shine. Bruce Arena is the winningest coach in the postseason in major league soccer history. He's the winningest coach in, in regular season, major league soccer history behind um, the late Siggy Schmid. Um, but Bruce Arena's postseason eloquence is just coming to uh, coming to fruition right about now. That's awesome. And if we're going to piggyback a win with a win, I don't want to say it was impressive. I don't want to give the New England Patriots much credit for it. They did beat a good Arizona Cardinals, but the Arizona Cardinals actually gave the game away. That, pat, that interception that came through with a few minutes left was a horrible decision. It was a horrible pass. You could argue defensive holding, but it was you take the defensive holding right out of the pitcher you don't put that ball in that spot at that time. It wasn't – I don't even think it was third down. I think it was like second and eight or second and nine. There is no reason to throw that football whatsoever. We got lucky that the Cardinals couldn't capitalize on a field goal, and they took a late penalty to get us in field goal range to end the game. Um, I'm not a fan of people saying we're back, we did it. The oh, my God, that, we're not back. No, the thing that it did for us is it truly kept playoff hopes alive based off the outcomes of yesterday. You had the Colts lose. You had the Raiders get completely destroyed against a horrible uh, Atlanta Falcons without any Julio Jones. And then you have Baltimore, who's supposed to play tomorrow, which the game could get forfeited. And if not, I don't They're, see they them. They moved it to Wednesday. They did. Oh, okay. So now it's Wednesday. And I know we just got an alert that the Steelers-Redskins game is now moved to Monday of next week. But I don't see no Lamar Jackson, no Andrews, which I hope he's okay. He does have COVID, and he is a diabetic, so I hope everything goes well with him. But you're going to have most likely a Ravens loss. And now you're sitting two games out of the wild card. Your remaining schedule, you have all three divisional teams, the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Bills. And then you have the Rams, which you don't know what team's going to show up. And the horrible 49ers gave that game away last night. And then you have the Chargers, who just can't get out of their own way, where they had the ball at the one-yard line four different occasions and couldn't punch it in. So I'll let you piggyback off of this. I think there's a chance to get into the playoffs. Um, I don't think it's completely over. I do feel that we have to win out to get there, but based off the schedule and what I see, I don't think it's it's not possible. No, it's not impossible. The, and the Patriots are not back. They are by no means dominant. The defense is completely inconsistent. They're great, I guess, when they need to be, and then all of a sudden they're terrible when they need to be great. And... The off, we all know the offensive situation. There's there's glimmers of, of greatness. There's glimmers of great connections. There's there's moments where Cam Newton looks like 2015 Cam Newton, and then there's moments where he just looks like he's 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 completely unsure of himself. 
He doesn't know where he needs to be in the pocket. It, you know, it's there's moments where we see we miss having a consistent offensive line. We miss guys like Rex Burkhead. We miss having Julian Edelman be 28 years old. But it's you. The Patriots are doing what they can with what they have. And I think, you know, our best games have come in, in losses, which is which it stinks, but it's it's true. And I think it's definitely possible for the Patriots to win out. But at the same time, they need to figure out a lot of stuff really quickly because I would love to see Cam Newton return next year for the reason being I want to see him with a full offseason. I want to I want to see him in the meeting rooms in the offseason. I want to see him after he's worked with Josh McDaniels, not just when he, you know, not being thrown into the fire, but when he has time to step back and ask questions and run things again and and gel with his teammates and and all of that all that fun stuff. And but, my my most frustrating thing with that Carter is the fact that people continue to bash Cam over and over and over and what you just said, he hasn't had a full off season, a full healthy off season. He hasn't had a full off season in the playbook. And my question to people that want to throw Cam under the bus, who would you put at quarterback right now with three receivers being Bird, Myers, who was undrafted, and Nikhil Harry, who still struggles to find production, and no tight end in a limited run game. Granted, Harris has been unbelievable, and White is, is James White. That's just who he is. And an offensive line that's been injury-prone. Like, I, I don't know who could do a better job. You, you don't have a threat on offense whatsoever. You don't. No, and, and I, it's, you know, it's also not really a knock to Josh McDaniels either because there's moments in games where, where you can see Josh McDaniels is like, all right, screw it. We're just going to run Cam right up the middle and see if he can get us six or seven yards. But because that's what you have in a 6'5", 250 quarterback. It's unbelievable the physical specimen that he is. But you saw you saw a glimpse of that a Sunday because it can, when it when we were down by three, all of a sudden you had three straight play calls where Cam kept it and ran the ball, kept it, ran the ball three different times, and it worked. But I think what they're afraid of, if they overdo that now, you are risking a injury prone quarterback another injury to where at this point you don't have anything to go with or you don't have anything to to land on if he gets hurt. Yeah, and I mean, one thing, one reason I'm really not mad is this is why, you know, we paid or we are paying Cam the league minimum and he has incentives to to earn up to $1.75 million. That is his max if he hits all the incentives, which by this point, I can't imagine he's coming close. But no, but this is this is the low risk, high reward in what we've gotten. And so far, it's it's been fine. You know, it's it's been kind of bad. But it's been for what we're paying. I will take that. And there's there's definitely glimmers of excellence. There's glimmers of of high football IQ. There's there's glimmers of great downfield passes. But then there's also, you know, the amount of passes that have batted down. The the only four touchdown passes and and nine uh, nine touchdown runs for Cam Newton. And it's 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 you know <laughs> I think his his first. His first half quarterback rating was was I think it was like thirteen. It's not but, what you want, but it's what you're paying for at this point. And I think there's 
this year as, as a whole has been an absolute mess for the league as a whole and for the Patriots with injuries and schedules being moved around. And we don't need to mention COVID because that's, that's obvious, but from, from what we've asked versus what we've received, I think in the grand scheme of things, it's not as terrible as it very easily could be. No. And I think one thing we need to also talk about uh, for a couple of weeks there, everybody said, see, it was Brady. It was not Bill. Let's all remember Brady just went to a football team in Tampa that has the most weapons that you could ever ask for, imagine, or hope for in a Madden simulate video game. And you have Bill Belichick, who had the most players opt out than any team in the NFL. You take a quarterback in Cam, you pay him the league minimum. You have Stidham, who's not showing them enough, apparently, in practice or film or whatever, however you want to look at it, not showing you enough to be confident in him as a starter. And you have a five and six team in the New England Patriots, and you have a seven and five Tampa Bay team who just lost another game. And it seems like Brady's struggling connecting with these guys. And I won't take away him being the GOAT doing his thing. Brady's going to be my boy forever. But I would take the coaching job that, that Bill is doing with a five and six depleted Patriots team than the job that Tom Brady is doing with the most weapons that you can imagine on offense. Granted, to Tom Brady's credit, the offensive line in Tampa Bay is absolute hot garbage. Yes. And what Bruce Arians wants to do and, and the way he wants to run his offense does not match with the way that Tom Brady has been successful for the last 20 years. So that you have that disparity. You do. And, and I, I won't sidetrack that at all. But when I look at it and I say, okay, everybody that says it was Bill, not Brady, I don't like that. And I don't like, we'll see, it was Brady, not Bill. I think it was a mixture between the both of them being able to do stuff on the field and on the sideline compared to what's going on now. Because, Absolutely. I mean, Bill, Bill's got us at five and six. And to your point, what you said earlier, we lost at the one-yard line to the Seahawks, who are going to be a deep playoff team. We lost without Cam Newton in a close Chiefs game who are still looking to be Super Bowl contenders. Like, we've lost a lot of tight, close games. The Bills. Don't, I was going to say, don't we, forget about the Bills. Yeah, the Bills fumble at the 15-yard line where we're going to kick a field goal and tie it or go in and win. So there, you take those three games, and I hate playing the what-ifs because they – what if the Cardinals made their field goal yesterday? You could do that what with if, almost any – What if we any... didn't stuff them at the one-yard line? Yes. So you could play the what-ifs, but you're looking at 15 probably total yards away from three more victories to where this team is sitting at eight and three right now. So I don't think they're good. I, I look at Cam's stats too, and – I. I don't have him in front of me, but at one point he was uh, three for eight with 30 yards passing in the third quarter. And it's like, what is going on? But they find a way to grind it out. And that's why I always say I believe in Bill because I can think he can make certain situations and turn them into positives rather than other coaches that just don't know what to do. Yeah, you said it. Now, now getting off the, the subject of football – the Celtics are doing some interesting things. Um, I don't mind, and I want to see what you think. I, I don't mind Gordon Hayward going. No, It's opened up enough cap space to where we actually have room to sign another max deal. And I'm crossing my fingers. It's a big leap. But Guinness 
has or Giannis has until December twenty first to decide whether he's going to stay in Milwaukee or not. I'm sorry, I, if he I, becomes that's a pipe dream, man. Do you think he'll stay in Milwaukee? If he doesn't stay in Milwaukee, I can't imagine Danny Ainge's landing that kind of talent. I can't for the amount of money that that Giannis deserves. I can't. Danny Ainge is not that desperate. Um, he's not that eager to get a name like Giannis. And I don't think that the Celtics necessarily. Like, obviously, we could use him. I'm not saying we don't need him, but we don't. No, really, agreed. We don't for the amount of money that you could save and still do incredibly well and not screw yourself long-term, I think that's the mindset that Danny's going, that Danny is going into the off-season, or is, I would say going into the off-season, but the season's coming up. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I guess my mindset just on a long shot like that is I think if we have the cat space to sign another long-term max deal, and you've already got Tatum at max. Kimba's still signed for a few more years. Smart's good to go. Uh, uh, Brown's good. Like, everybody's good on their contract to where the next three to five years, you're not going to lose those guys based off of money to where if you did sign a max and bring a guy like that in, you could have your back-to-back-to-backs for the next three to five years and then worry about it after that. I get what you're saying. I don't see him pulling the trigger on something like that, but the fact that that could be dangling out there, that'd be interesting. And I think if you were to land a guy like that, you're not competing with the Celtics at all. No, and I think what you know, it's great to see that we got a guy like Tristan Thompson, and you got a big guy, you got a veteran big man, and I think it's it's pretty clear that's one of the big things that that the Celtics were missing and a big reason, you know, why you could argue why they didn't make it to the, uh, the finals along with, you know, all the other factors that we've harped on in the past, but, you know, Daniel Tice has done a very good job over the years of, of doing what he's of going above and beyond of what he's been asked to do defensively. He's been phenomenal. He's grown incredibly, um, incredibly well with the team offensively he hits shots that people his size shouldn't really be able to hit as gracefully as he does and he his just I can't I'm not going to be able to get over his his defensive abilities and his defensive awareness over the last two or three seasons with us it's been pretty fun to watch no it has it's been a blast and you hit the nail on the head we did not get through the, that series because we did not have anybody in the paint that could stop another big among, among other things but yes yeah, no, no, agreed. But the main factor, and we've talked about it now, me and you, on going on episode 22 now, for a couple of years, that we've been missing that threat in the middle. And we had it when we had Horford uh, to an extent. But anytime you do get matched up against the Bucks or anybody that does have a big center that can shoot and rebound everything, we haven't been able to compete. We've been relying on throwing the three ball up. And if they don't go, we lose. Like, you, you knew if we shot under 30% or tw- even 20% from the three-point line, we weren't going to win that basketball game. No, it was – It, it, was, it, it would be interesting. But... Terrible decision-making. And, um, you know, tempers were flaring. Emotions got the best of us, for sure. In the locker and room. It, it and it came down to desperation when you didn't need to be desperate. We talked about it a lot with – 
you know, I, you know, the Raptors would, would hit a three and then we would immediately have to sprint down the floor and, and match it. And then we would just waste shots. And then all of a sudden you're down by 15 and you dig yourself a hole that you didn't need to dig in the first place. Agreed. Um, it, it's just interesting. It's nice to know that going into the remainder of the short off season, to your point, that we do actually have money to spend. And we do have the players on the team already that others would like to play with. I know a lot of teams are like, well, or fans are like, well, a team has money. Yeah, that's great if you have the money. But if you don't have the talent on the team or the people that guys want to play with, they're not going to come to you regardless. So Boston is an interesting landing spot for players right now. And we do have money to spend. I don't have a list of who the other free agents are. But I know there are there were a couple other names that were out there. The Celtics did just uh, sign Evan Turner as a coach. I don't know if you I saw did. that. Yeah, he'll be an assistant coach, which I think is huge when you get somebody of that talent and a veteran on the court, on the bench now, as a coach that does help production. Yeah, I don't know too much about uh, about Evan Turner as a player. I don't you know being as and being only twenty three years old. I don't. Um, remember him too well. I didn't start following the Celtics until I was maybe um, in high school. Uh, I mean, I obviously I watched the 2008 championship run. I've and I've watched. I've followed them since, so maybe before high school. But um, I don't remember him too much of a player, too much as a player. I should say. I I've only heard good things about the signing. I've heard it's it's great for for the Celtics, and I. If I, if I could speak more on it, I would, but I just can't. No. Well, I still think it's good anytime you get a veteran player like that onto the actual team, it's always going to be a positive, however you look at it. Um, not a whole lot to go into with the NHL because nothing's really changed. We don't know when the season's going to restart. Um, if it does restart in January, we're without Pasta, Bergeron, Marchand, a guy's head surgery. Um, there hasn't been any moves made. They made it clear a couple weeks ago that they will be going with Tuka Rass. That is going to be the goaltender moving forward. That's not going to change. Um, we will have Mallory from the Boston Pride on Instagram Live tomorrow between 5 and 5.30 talking about the Lake Placid. Lake Placid. For uh, the Placid, the NWHL, um, which is awesome that they're going to be able to get that entire league into the complex that was used for the Olympics and turn it into a season for hockey. Um, I hope it gets a lot more TV time. I hope there's a lot of attention that goes into it, but uh, that's going to be exciting to watch Carter. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm also looking forward to seeing those phenomenal new uniforms on the ice. Yes. And if you guys haven't seen them, please go to Boston Pride's uh, website or Instagram. They are, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're so nice. They're pretty slick. Um, yeah, I, we, you know, and I remember I, we, I talked to, to Kaylee Fracken about it and they're, they, they're, I believe at this point should be in the midst of preseason and they're looking forward to, to actually, you know, finishing out their, their Isabel cup run and, and, and a cup that they feel that they deserve. Yeah. And, uh, it'll be interesting to watch, but we'll have her on tomorrow. So that'll be interesting. Other than that, guys, I mean. It's going to be interesting what happens with football in the next coming weeks. COVID is still a big factor. So from both me and Carter, we still hope everybody's 
health is good. Family's good. We're getting into the holidays. Spirits need to be up. And I, I think we can get through this thing sooner than later. But uh, do you got anything else for everybody, Carter? Seeing the Easter Covers finals on Sunday. That's right, guys. Carter will put out a post on the dates and times. Please go follow Off the Post Boston Sports on Instagram. If you are a soccer fan, it has been it has been heating up on our Instagram with all of Carter's posts. So uh, I try. I'm getting there. I'm starting to figure it out. I'm knowing the rules. It's fun to watch. I will not go out and buy New England Revolution championship gear and flaunt it around like I know what I'm talking about. But I will definitely buy it and wear it. I was going to say, if so, you don't get it, I'll get it for you. That, that's <laughs> early, give me an early Christmas gift, we'll Carter. See. Come on. Well, guys, episode 22, that's a wrap. As always, it's all sports, all Boston, all the time. It's off the post Boston sports. You see guys it. have a good night.